Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Influencers and leaders, I think, are different things. Tucker Carlson, for example, I think is an influencer. You may see him as a leader, you may not, you may disagree. Uh, he's helped shape information in our culture, or has, or the gathering of information. He's, he's bold in how he does that. James Taylor is another influencer. If, if you've ever played guitar, you've listened to James Taylor's music and probably tried to emulate the way he plays. Because when it comes to a finger-picking style guitar player, he's uh, probably one of the best that's ever been. Uh, but I don't consider James Taylor a leader at all. He's an influencer for sure. Elon Musk is another one. I think that's an influencer in our culture. I wouldn't see him as a leader. You may see him as a leader. Uh, but I think he's more of an influencer in our culture in, in the sense of his boldness with what he does with, with what he says and what he does with, his, with all of his money. Um, I believe in essence you can be an influencer and not be a leader. But you can't be a leader without influence. And probably more of us are leaders in some capacity of our life than we would think and want to believe today. And I hope, we, hope the Lord reveals to us some opportunities to, to step up and, and do that today. Turn to Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at the woes to those who lead today. And um, the, the folks Jesus is speaking to here in Luke is the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and, and scribes, the religious leaders of that day. They were also the cultural leaders in that area as well and shaped uh, morality, shaped, shaped popular opinion, shaped a lot of belief systems in, in those days. And so uh, he kind of pins them to the wall on some things with some woes and probably us as well uh, if we find ourselves in leadership today. But I want us to see what he says to them and consequently as leaders to us here today. Verse 37 of Luke 11. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. And the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as far as what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all, all kinds of other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and the respectful greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people ask, uh, walk over without uh, knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was you, your ancestors, who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom has said, 
I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that have been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. Okay, five, five woes here that I want us to examine today that apply to, I, I believe, every leader, certainly these spiritual leaders and myself, but every leader, I believe. The first is this, is that leaders, and we're looking at leaders who are believers now, leaders in the context of faith, uh, but leaders should model transparent worship. Begin back in verse 42. Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. You neglect justice and the love of God. Jesus is saying to this Pharisee and, and to the rest that are gathered around his house, they question him, as you notice when he, when he finishes eating and comes outside. So they're in all likelihood gathered around the door of this Pharisee's house. Uh, he, he, he questions him and, and talks to him about his, his worship lacking transparency in that he says, you're making the obvious obvious. Uh, with your bringing the, the, the herbs and the mint and the rue in, you're letting others see what you're bringing in to, to, to give to the, to the kingdom and bring to the temple, but that's about it. He says, however, justice, and what he's, what he's I think, referring to by justice, is equal access for those who have and those who have not. And the Pharisees clearly saw themselves as the haves, and they were neglecting the have-nots. He talks about justice. He says, you have no justice. You have com compassion. is not on your radar screen. You want people to notice what you're giving and ignoring the parts of, of a lifestyle of worship that affect people the most. Uh, worship, don't miss this. Worship isn't an opportunity to be seen. But it's an opportunity for us to see God. If we come with that aspect, that we don't want to be seen, but we'd rather see him, we have a much better flavor of what worship is about. Uh, if you're a leader, others are watching your worship. They're, they're watching that, engaging that for how to worship themselves. Be aware of that. So if our worship is honest and transparent, in essence, if, it's, if, if there's some vulnerability and humility involved, that's what he means by that, God receives that and blesses the body with it. If it's about you instead of him, uh, it's don't look for God to reveal much to you today and more than what you can see on the surface because the surface is about as far as as it goes for some folks, but leaders should be modelers of transparent worship. Secondly, leaders should keep their ego in check, should keep their ego in check. Look at verse 43. Woe to you Pharisees, watch this, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplace. You love the most important seats. Being, being seen and noticed has become an, an essential to the selfish generation we find ourselves living in. Uh, it, it's all about being seen and noticed. It's become a part of their daily expectations of life. And Jesus is saying here to the leaders here that uh, life in general, and your life in particular, is not about you. It should be about others. And that should be true even more so in public than it is in private. Uh, he, he wanted to point that out specifically to them. So if we've been raised or made to otherwise believe that life centers around us, that we're, we're, we're the object of everything, and, and life kind of revolves around us, that's going to be a hard hurdle to get over. 
if we'd been raised with some, with some humility uh, in the home we came up in that, and have been made to, to know and understand life's not about us, it's probably a little easier transition, but otherwise it's difficult. So how do I know if I have an ego problem? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions to help you determine that. Do I pursue or maintain relationships with someone based on what's in it for me? Is that, is that the basis of most relationships I have with folks? Second question is this. Do I come to church to serve or to be served? Do I come to give or do I come to receive? Which is true of me. Uh, parents and grandparents, the most important principles you could teach your kids and your grandkids is the principle of selflessness. There is none in our culture anymore. It's all about us, all about self. So if you, if you teach it, your, your children and grandchildren about selflessness, I'm going to tell you, they're going to stick out in this culture. Uh, a child that learns some vulnerability and humility is going to not only stick out, but be attractive, I think, to those around them. Uh, that should be taught well, especially if, if you believe that child or grandchild has the potential to be a leader. They need to learn the principle of selflessness uh, very quickly. Leaders should model transparent worship. They should keep their ego in check. Thirdly, leaders shouldn't hide behind a title. Shouldn't hide behind a title. Look at verse 44. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. You're like unmarked graves. Jesus is saying here that the, that the real us can often be unknown. Uh, in fact, sometimes intentionally unknown. Uh, if folks really knew the real me sometimes, they wouldn't like, likely would not want to know the rest of me at all. Uh, consequently, as leaders, we sometimes can hide behind a position, behind a title, behind some notoriety, without folks ever knowing what, our, what the real us is. Uh, in fact, you want to know the people who really care about titles, it's other people with titles. That's about, only, about the only folks that care about your title. Uh, someone else with a title may. Labels and titles are of little importance if we don't have the work ethic and, and the humility to back it up. Uh, those, those have to be earned. The Apostle Paul uh, and this writer of this gospel, Dr. Luke, were probably the most credentialed, the most educated, the most uh, well-versed men in all of Scripture. You don't find them talking about it. With the exception of Paul standing before Agrippa, and standing before the Sanhedrin in Acts 23 and 24, they have little to say about that. Little to say about how much they know, where they've been schooled, uh, how well-versed they are. That's a great lesson for you and I. Uh, they, it's, they, they do that because those two guys and, and us today should realize the only titles that matter are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We recognize those titles, we're going to be okay. If we think our title supersedes those, we're, we're in deep trouble. That's you shouldn't hide behind the title, thirdly. Fourthly, is leaders should model honesty. Leaders should learn to model honesty. Look at verses 47 and 48 again. He says, Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. What Jesus is calling the Pharisees out for here is how two-faced they were and have been in essence, building these elaborate tomb structures for the, for the prophets and, and for the purpose basically of making themselves look good for doing so and have little, little good to say about the prophets themselves because, as, as Jesus says here, their, uh, their ancestors killed them. And the pattern we're seeing unfold here with these leaders, with, with the Pharisees and, and, and the scribes, uh, was that they were more interested in perception of 
than reality. Perception of how good they were, how holy they were, how qualified they were, other than the reality of what was really in their hearts. Um, if they were perceived to be righteous, if they were perceived to be respectable, uh, if they were perceived to be honorable, that's really all they were interested in was perception rather than reality. In another gospel, Jesus refers to them as whitewashed tombs, look, looking nice and clean on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones. That's a very telling description. Uh, in the long run, the fallout from our honesty, regardless of what it reveals, the fallout from our honesty is far easier to live with than the perpetuation of the lies. If we've lied to this one and fooled that one, we're going to be plate spinning most of our adult life, wondering who have I told, what have I told to him, what have I told to her, who knows this lie and who knows that lie. Honesty is far easier to live with the repercussions of it, even if, if the repercussions don't say good things about us all the time. Far easier to live with than the lies are. So leaders should model honesty. Finally, and fifthly, leaders should learn to yield control. We should learn to yield control. Look at verse 52. Woe to you experts in the law, because you've taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. You've taken away the key to knowledge. These scribes, and, and, and these scribes were experts in the law. They studied the Torah, uh, and transcribed it into copies for the various synagogues to teach from. These men are, are, were very uh, meticulous about how that was done. In fact, they would, they would take note of how the quill left the page, uh, the, the, the markings that were unnecessary or, or uh, couldn't, couldn't be erased, and they would trash guys who didn't do that very well. They were all about themselves, and now... How, how beautiful they could make these translations look and these transcriptions look. But they studied the, 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 the original writings and, um, and were very well versed in those things. And he tells them here, uh, this phrase, taking away the key to knowledge. He's describing them as elitists that are basically the, the gatekeepers to all the truth. And whatever truth they want to let out for others to know would be on them to do. And he says, you think, you're, you, think you know it all you're the gatekeepers to all the knowledge, but you're, you're, uh, you're holding the key for others to, to, to be blessed by and to know me better by. Uh, consequently, you think you're better than everybody else. And, and in their efforts to, to be the only ones with real insight into scriptures, uh, they leverage that control and keep all the ordinary folks in their place. Uh, it's kind of like the crowd in Washington today wanting to keep us all, all of us ordinary. And I'm talking about the red crowd and the blue crowd wanting to keep us all in our ordinary place that, uh, that they think is uninformed and stupid for the most part, I would guess. But uh, that's, that's how these, these scribes were, were handling themselves. And, and uh, they saw themselves to the guardian, as guardians to all the truth. And that, regardless of who you are, is a dangerous place to be because you are accountable to the Lord for what you know and what you share with others. So uh, that's... And, and, and honestly, lest, lest you lump me into, into that channel of thinking I know more than you, let me remind you again, as I have dozens of times, don't take my word for anything. Examine all of this on your own. Let the Holy Spirit teach you and guide you into truth. Now use the scripture. Don't form your opinions based on what you hear me say, but on what the Holy Spirit says to you through God's word. We've got to learn as leaders to yield control and, and to bring others into the knowledge, bring others into the experience we've walked with the Lord 
Some of us are seasoned in the faith. Some of us are green in the faith. Some of us are in between those two places. And those seasoned in the faith should welcome others into their life to see warts and all, failures and all, to say, here's here's what God has done, even in the midst of and through my failures. That's what leaders do effectively, is become transparent before others. Well, a couple of observations, and we'll wrap up. First is this, is whether you're a leader of many, a leader of few, or a leader of one, all of these woes apply to us. Guys, if you're a husband, if you're a father, you're a leader. Ladies, if you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a leader. You may, if you have children, grandchildren, you're a leader and an influencer in their life. If you have a position at work or that, that causes you to be, have influence over others, whether that's great or small, use that and leverage that leadership uh, and, and heed these warnings that, that the Lord gives us today. Because that brings us to the second observation. We're setting the course for others to follow as leaders. Consequently, we need to know where we're going and why we're going there. We're the ones that are setting the pace and the course for other, that others are going to follow after us. So we need to know where we're going and why we're going there. And I guess the real question behind that is, are you taking others with you? Uh, John Maxwell says, if you think you're a leader and you look back and others aren't following, you're just out for a walk. Are others following your leadership? Are others coming behind you and after you to, to say, uh, that's what I want to be? And that's the difference between influencers and leaders. Influencers can get information to people and gen up, gen up some, some interest and, and inform and entertain and sometimes even inspire. Leaders are who you want to follow. Leaders are people that you want to be like. Leaders are people you want to model your thinking and your actions and your beliefs and your behaviors like. They're the ones that you want, to, you, know, you want to know better to see what's different about them than you. They're the ones you, you want to look into their lives a little bit and say, there's just something different. You, you're wired different than me. Help me understand the difference. And leaders need not, to not isolate others and be, as, he, as Jesus described these scribes, you're holding the key to knowledge and, and not letting others in on the truth. We need to be vulnerable, transparent, and humble and honest with folks around us that are trying to follow our lead. I hope we'll, we'll do that. Let's pray. Father, today, I hope you stirred in us these woes that poked us a little bit and warned us a little bit that others are watching us. In fact, sometimes several, many may be watching us that we're even unaware of. So I pray that the influence that's in this room today becomes influential tomorrow. And not influential for sake of knowing something we don't know or going somewhere we haven't been, but influential in eternal things, influential in things that matter, influential in things that the results of which aren't going to burn up in the end. Would you stir our hearts to pursue and, and lean into that kind of influence? Would you do in us something today that, that has warned us and, and Perhaps we find some similarities in these scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus was pointing to that we don't like today, that we need to shore up, that we need to make better, that we need to be aware of, that we need to prepare for, that we need to understand, that we need to grow into. So would your word and spirit today have the freedom to noodle around our hearts and stir us and prod us, bring us to a place of obedience Bring us to a place of, of transparency and admission, first of all, to say we're not all that, and we realize that life's not about us. 
Would you bring us to that place? And once we find ourselves in a place of humility, would you fill us with truth? Fill us with boldness to walk out and live out our faith around others that desperately need to see Jesus in our culture that we come in contact with day to day, week to week. So stir those things in us today and then squeeze them out tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.